politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for what actually matters in our lives. Body, soul, mind, our economy, families, way of life, and everything in between. It's all on the table. It all needs help. It needs a vision. And we are here to provide that at CR Podcast. Daniel Horowitz back here today. Brand new week after last week was a little bit of a short week. Uh, It's quiet. Quiet holiday weekend. Hope you guys had a terrific Easter, Passover. And the reality is it's never quiet on the front of evil. It's only quiet on our side because we don't have any initiative. When you come back after a long weekend, it's hard to know which fire do you put out, the short term, the long term, the culture, the economy, our bodies, minds, souls, tranny stuff, COVID poison, new biomedical security state, surveillance everywhere, America rapidly becoming like China. It's hard to know. But you need a vision on what actually matters, what is happening to us, and what to do about it. I always like to cite my favorite verse, probably my favorite one in the Bible, as you well know, that perfectly describes what we're going through. Exodus 32, 17. When Joshua was outside the camp when they were serving the golden calf, Moses comes down from the mountain, and Joshua says, hey, he says to Moses, there's a voice of battle in the camp. Now, battle connotes right and wrong, good versus evil. There's two equal sides engaged in a struggle. And Moses takes a listen and he says, no, it's neither a voice shouting victory nor a voice shouting defeat. A voice of blasphemy, I hear. Now, it's hard to translate it. If you know the old Hebrew there, it's a beautiful play on words. Either a voice of blasphemy, a voice of singing, or just a voice of shouting. So there's not a voice of victory, a voice of defeat, just Shouting, just noise. In other words, no, there is no struggle. There might have been only a few thousand people from those you know, fake converts from Egypt that were leading it, and maybe the others didn't want to have part of it, but they weren't fighting back, and that's when he realized there was no hope, and he destroyed the tablets and uh, had to go up again and restart the process because he felt that they weren't worthy of accepting God's word. That's where we are today. There's one side that's shouting and doing everything they can to engage in battle, and they succeed. Then there's this perceived other side that battles it. But if you look carefully, they're just dancing around shouting. It's not necessarily supporting it. On paper, they oppose it. They'll indulge our talking points here and there. All the borders open. ESG is a problem. Central digital bank currency is a problem. Oh, look what Fauci did. You know, a talking point here or there. But there is no organized intellectual and activist movement to actually stop what's happening. And indeed, that's why it just continues to happen. Moses comes down, took the calf they made, burnt it in fire, ground it to powder, and scattered it upon the water. That's what he wanted them to do. But they weren't doing it until he came there. 
And that's what we need to do. Like, wait, wait, what's all this noise? Let's diagnose the problem and shut it down. The problem is pretty bad. Now, folks, just like the fact that you need the proper tools to diagnose a problem and to solve a problem, you also need the proper proper tools to clean your gun. I know. I know who you are. You know who you are. Those people that leave your gun after you shoot thousands of rounds through and think uh, you could just leave it without cleaning it. It's too messy. The uh, chemicals smell too much. It's too annoying. Yeah, but then that's how you get a jam. Um, even in a good gun, you could really get a jam if you let it go for too long. It's not safe. I have the perfect product for you, Barrel Buddy, my new favorite gun paraphernalia. It actually makes cleaning fun, efficient, and effective. Barrel Buddy compresses. It's a it's a cartridge that it's it almost looks like it's fatter than the barrel, but it easily can goes in, but then compresses, gets a perfect 360 cleaning action, 360 degrees. One push, one push down, done, no dirty rags, and um, you, know, you get your residue all over your hands, one in, one out, and it also has a double action because while it pushes the dirt out, it squeezes the the cleaning solvent, or you could also do this on your second go-around to lube the gun because you do need to lube it, uh, but you don't want to put too much on, so it gives you a nice, even a uniform layer on it. Um, too often in life, we jam a square peg in a round hole. This literally jams a round peg in a round hole. It uh, it it really is perfect, and it's it's shocking how it hasn't been picked up more by the firearm industry because I cannot find anything else that is this effective. Cleaning our guns is a really really important step in being a responsible gun owner. Um, so head over to BarrelBuddy.com today. It's just 15 bucks, basically. 15 bucks for 50, a package of 50 barrel buddies. So you get a lot of cleanings in there for just 15 bucks. Um, truly, truly perfect. All made in America. Jim, Eric, and Paul, uh, 10 years ago, perfectly engineered. What a great product. Uh, don't allow your guns to go dirty today at barrelbuddy.com. That's barrelbuddy.com. So, folks, we started off last week talking about how everyone was focusing on Trump, 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 Trump. And, and again, this, this shouting around. But okay, fine, that's great. But what are you going to do about it? We, we, we know we have Americans systematically persecuted at a time when the border is wide open, the cartels are running the border, Millions of illegals, gang members, MS-13, cartel dudes, fentanyl pouring into the border. You have the greatest jailbreak over the last 10 years of violent criminals released. At the same time, if you are against the spirit of the age, you open a business during COVID, you went to jail. You defend yourself against the BLM mob or these dudes who are, um, you know, repeat violent offenders let out so now you're you could, you could probably run a statistical analysis you are more likely than ever before to be confronted by one of these dirt bags well okay you have the right to self-defense right well you superficially have the right to carry and we talk about this all the time we have more guns and right to carry and that's why you got to clean them uh than ever before except 
I mean, it might be better to be tried by 12 than carried by six, but tried by 12 you will be, and you will not get a fair trial because most likely you'll have to use it in a blue city, even in a red state, by the way, and then you're screwed. So we said it's not just about Trump, it's about everyone. And where is the effort to have legislation, the red states, at a federal level, to allow someone to assert unequal treatment and politically targeted persecution and request a jury pool that expands out, you know, X number of counties, five counties, out from that city so you get a more equitable jury pool. That is literally the most important action item here. And we talked about the case of Daniel um, Daniel Perry, Sergeant Daniel Perry. He was serving at Fort Hood during the BLM riots. He was driving his Uber to make some extra cash in the radical city of Austin. He was surrounded by not just a mob of BLM and Antifa, but they had AK-47s. The most terrifying thing is is more terrifying than anything he saw in Afghanistan. He shoots the guy, run, you know, drives away, immediately calls 911. The lead investigator said, you know, he was in the clear, certainly was justified by a mile. And then the Soros prosecutor in Austin went and, and covered up all the exculpatory evidence. And actually, this uh, police investigator writes this all in an affidavit. It didn't matter. Over the weekend, the news came down. Sergeant Perry was convicted of murder. Convicted of murder. I mean, that to me, that's even a much bigger story than the Donald Trump story. It's not really much of a story in conservative, fake conservative media. Not much at all. Now, Governor Abbott did come out right out of the gate and say, look, I don't have the direct power to pardon in Texas, but I could recommend to the parole board. So he said, look, I filed an expedited request for expedited review. So we'll see what happens there. But here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. This is the state of Texas with Republicans having strong majorities in the legislature. And they're currently in session. Why is there no bill dealing with this reform? Because everyone's focused on the Soros prosecutors, and it's a problem. And again, it demonstrates how the left is focused like a laser beam on advancing the ball forward quietly for years and decades while we just run around and just just shout, just make noise, rather than confronting the evil that voice of victory from them with the same degree of intensity, the voice of blasphemy with the same voice of intrepidness for God. But what's a bigger deal than the Soros prosecutors is the fact that this has trickled down to the people themselves. That's what they've done to us. This is a big subplot in our book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, It's not just the government and the medical profession, but how it percolated to the people to treat each other horribly. Demand that you suffer with a mask when you yourself were wearing one, so what do you care? So it's the same thing here. If you don't 
follow my spirit of the age and align with my political social beliefs, religious beliefs, you deserve to die. So it doesn't matter. There's a trial. We're going to convict you just because we don't like you. That's what's scary. Texas is ground zero because it's probably the state where there is the biggest dichotomy between the statewide GOP control, but the, the breadth and number of big, dangerous blue cities. Austin, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, El Paso, just to name a few. You cannot get a fair trial. We need immediate legislation there. I understand Greg Abbott doesn't have the full power to pardon in the state of Texas. I get it. But why is he and, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who runs the Senate, immediately push legislation? I mean, this is my thing. You know, you, you can't have, what were there, 600,000 is, Israelites, and you had a few thousand of these, uh, what's called Erevrav, the mixed multitudes of converts that were, uh, you know, the fifth column. Well, where, where is everyone else? What are you doing? Just kind of sitting there. Playing with yourself. Moses just came down, took the calf, ground it to dirt, and put it, put an end to it. We have the commentary. We have the Trump donations. We have a guy who served in Afghanistan, surrounded by BLM AK-47s, and I don't think any of them got prosecuted. And yet he's facing a murder conviction. He, he was convicted. And this is happening everywhere. But this is a red state. There could be immediate action. And then at a, at a federal level, there could be action too. But of course there isn't. I want to get to that in a minute. But first, folks, as they uh, unleash this hell on you, and it's done by design, everything is done by design. We have the breach of the social compact in this country. Poisoning us. Poisoning our food. Poisoning our bodies. Poisoning our minds and souls. Poisoning a generation of children, invading our country, releasing criminals, and setting up surveillance and tyranny for us. So you need to practice to learn how to use a gun. A lot of people struggle with the noise of a gun. Guns are very noisy, and I'm very sensitive too. I have sensitive hearing. Suppressors and silencers can make it a lot more fun to shoot um, without worrying about you know, that re that reflex, which throws your shot off, uh, could reduce gunshots by up to 30 decibels. Um, it's a significant amount. By using a suppressor or silencer, gun owners can significantly increase the enjoyment of shooting and reduce the risk of hearing damage. A lot of people don't realize, with the exception of a couple of blue states, they are illegal. You could check up your, your state. I You know, it's California, Illinois, and then like a couple of northeastern states. Aside from that, it's all... Um, legal i recommend liberty suppressors it's a company that specializes in, in creating state-of-the-art durable sound suppressors that are affordable and lightweight which is very important uh so again it doesn't distort your shot they offer excellent customer service they're committed to helping you guys enjoy your shooting experience all their products are made here in the usa they really do give you the best value by choosing Liberty Suppressors, going to libertysuppressors.com. That's libertysuppressors.com. Uh, you can help yourself and those you know that you shoot in your gun club with protect their hearing and enjoy firearms with confidence. Again, that's libertysuppressors.com. So, folks, I wanted to 
read to you this article from Congressional Quarterly. House GOP details potential legislation after Trump charges. I was like, awesome, finally, okay, they're going to do something about this. They're going to push legislation. It turns out, what's the legislation? Would bar the use of federal forfeiture funds to prosecute current or former presidents or presidential candidates allow a former president to move a state prosecution to federal court, because this is state, or address the potential conflict between the federal law enforcement required to protect a former president and the local enforcement that controls local criminal justice system. This is all outlined in a letter um, written by Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Now, folks, notice it's all very, very narrow. It's literally about Trump. Again, like, this is the thing. We have a government that we now know likely killed JFK, continues to poison us, created COVID, blocked the treatment, poisons us. It's funny, we don't hear about the Nashville uh, manifesto, just like we don't hear about Las Vegas. You know, the biggest shooting. You know, kind of funny. Kind of funny there. Really funny. So many things we don't hear about anymore. Where did they come from? I'm not even going to get to the questions about 9-11 after everything we know at this point. But the point is there's nothing our government won't do to us. The Republican Party is there to limit the skirmish to one political talking point that consumes everything, sucks the oxygen out of everything, and then nothing else matters. Why don't you have legislation defining, and I, I laid it out how you would do this, unequal treatment, if they target you with statutes that that no other people are, are um, you know, targeted with, and you're a political figure, you could assert political persecution and request a jury more equitable and more reflective of the general population. There's an emergency for that to happen. If you are in a blue jurisdiction, you are essentially in North Korea. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, matter where you are. But no such impetus even exists. Again, the red states can do this. They need to do it. By the way, just so you know, Republicans picked up. It's interesting. Uh, Democrats switched parties. So in North Carolina, they now officially have supermajorities in both houses. That's another trifecta. I believe we're up to 26. Meaning either they control the House, Senate, and governorship, or they have veto override power against the Democrat governors, such as Kentucky and Kansas are examples of that. They could totally govern in half the states. But issue after issue, we don't see any impetus to deal with crime, to deal with illegal immigration, to deal with the political targeting, to deal with any facet of COVID fascism, biomedical tyranny, medical freedom. It's just dancing around. Dancing around. Every day is the same. It felt great to unplug for a few days. But I could do this for, for weeks. Wake up, come back. Nothing will change. Until we make a change. They're poisoning our body, our soul, our mind, our economy, our families, our way of life. Where is the effort to confront that shouting 
of blasphemy with shouting of blessing. No, it's just shouting, song, noise. Noise. That's it. We have a broken social compact where the government, what's the social compact? It's spelled out in the preamble of the Constitution. Establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterior. Posterity, I mean. (laughs) Guess what? Every one of those clauses has been flipped upside down. They so disquiet. Let criminals out of prison. Lock us up. Take away liberty. People need to understand. There's a lot of talking points. Oh, woke is the enemy. Woke is not an enemy. Woke is a tool. It's not an objective. It's a means, not an end. We're not fighting woke culture. We're fighting a genocidal terrorist government that has taken over Western governments. Everything you thought about in the nightmare in the wake of 9-11, what Iran might do, what Iraq might do, what the you know uh, Al-Qaeda might do, our government did and has been doing for longer than we thought. Who knows what happened there on 9-11? I'll tell you this much. Two things we know from the 28 pages of the Saudi portion of the 9-11 commission declassified what in like 2016, I think, we know that FBI informants not just knew about the attack, but but um, gave uh, housing to the San Diego cell, including one of the pilots of, of the planes. I forget which one. And after everything we know about the Fed surrection and the Whitmer kidnapping, the Fed napping, when you see Fed informants See, I used to think, okay, maybe they're informants. The FBI used that, but you know, they were playing a double game. The FBI didn't necessarily know. Believe me, they knew. What that means, I don't know, but that's a fact. And number two, World Trade Center 7 was blown up. Now, maybe there was a reason for it. I don't know, but it didn't fall. Right? That, there, there was no, no, no one could legitimately tell you that. It actually fell from the bottom, not even the top. It fell. It just, just, collapsed I don't know what that means but my brain never ventured beyond that 20 years ago or even 5 years ago because it was always like I think the motive the means and the evilness we just couldn't realize our government could be that evil now we realize they absolutely could I mean they killed millions of people throughout the world in COVID and the means of how you pull something off I I don't have the answers but (laughs) They have pulled off and do pull off this stuff in front of our eyes. But part of the reason they're able to do it is because there is no opposition party. There's no force of a uniform, unified movement calling the balls and strikes. You know, like I have a column out today. Switzerland just took off the shots. No more shots. They're not recommended for anyone, even sick, even elderly. And doctors are liable for injury if they, because it's not recommended anymore, they, they're covered for injury. They're on the hook for it if they give it out. Now, they didn't really cite in their thing, you know, widespread damage and, and injury. They're more like, yeah, it's over with. The COVID's not a big deal. Most people had it already. 
But I think between the lines, we know what's going on there. They're light years ahead of America. We always prided ourselves. Oh, the American conservative movement was the best in the world. We're first in life, first in liberty. Yet the Republican Party is light years behind Switzerland now. Even the WHO. Name me one major party leader who is calling for the shots to be taken off the market, even for kids and pregnant women. You have Ron Johnson, you have DeSantis, you have Massey and Chip Roy and a you know handful of maybe Freedom Caucus type of mem- members, Marjorie Taylor Greene, whatever. That's it. Certainly not a word from Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Steve Scalise, Elise Stefanik, and of course, Donald J. Trump himself is still pimping them. Every one of them. Nothing changes. The policies never change. God forbid should they be ahead of the curve or even one, two years into it, but even three years. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. So I want to go through some of the latest COVID news, understanding some of the genocide. I first just want to preface this by saying, um, well, two things. Uh, number one, RFK entered the race. Um, you know, we, we were out late last week. Uh, look, I think in general it's a really good thing. Now, he's running in the Democrat primary. I can't imagine he has a chance of getting you know, gaining any traction with the way the Democrat electorate is nowadays. So I, I'm curious to see what percentage of Democrat voters he could attract. Um, but I will tell you this, I think it does help our cause that for the first time ever, see, it used to be we didn't have anyone um, representing our views in either primary. And now possibly to some extent we'll have it in both, depending on who gets in. But... You know, I can't vouch for where RFK stands on every last issue. But on the issues that matter, that our government is evil, I mean, he was ahead of the curve on that. I don't know exactly where he stands on abortion. I get the impression that he's not an abortion on demand guy and he has changed a little bit on it. And if he's willing to give halfway, which I think he he is, I mean, look, he he's dealing with the much bigger pro-life issues. And on the other social issues, I mean, I, we used to view him as a social liberal, and I think he still is, but what we're dealing with, you could even be a social liberal and be opposed to transhumanism. From what I see from Children's Health Defense Fund, which is his outlet, I think they are combating the you know castrations and things like that. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I will note that um, you know one of our big activists in New Hampshire did mention to me there is a little bit of a concern that if you are worried about medical freedom, New Hampshire has a open primary. So you could choose which one you want to vote in. And the problem is if RFK drains a lot of the medical freedom people into voting for him in the Dem primary, they can't vote in the Republican primary, and that will help Trump. Because obviously the medical freedom people will vote for DeSantis, and then it helps the medical fascist, which is Trump, in the race. But in general, I do think it does help us to have have him in the race. Um but before we go into kind of our COVID updates, our medical freedom updates, biomedical genocide updates, our final sponsor today is Birch Gold. Um, obviously, with the banking crisis, our government is now in a catch-22. They go and raise interest rates. The banks are insolvent. They go and c- keep the easy money. Inflation is through the roof. Guess what? Gold 
is is the winner. Now is the time to diversify with things like gold. It's been up about 20%. Um, it's historically been a hedge against the stock market, but now it's really performing well with the inflation and the stagflation. Uh, Birch makes it easy. You have another few days to convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Um, if not, you can start, you know, you could do it anytime and, and put it on next year's uh, tax deduction. Um, but rather than taking the tax deduction, putting it in Vanguard, put it into a nest egg of value by texting Daniel to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. Makes it easy. Shows you the different options, and then you'll call an agent. And these are, you know, I hate to say it, but like usually you get some Indian somewhere or customer service, don't know what they're talking about. These are like Ron Paul guys, like brilliant Austrian economists. They'll walk you through everything. I had some really good conversations with them. They have an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers. I guarantee you, you'll be happy with their service. So switch to Birch Gold today. Um, put your IRA or 401k into something of value, not the cartel. Text Daniel to 989898 today. So we have researchers from St. George's Hospital. That's a hospital in a part of London. And they analyzed... Uh, infection data in their hospital for 40 weeks, so almost a full year, a long period of time, between December 4th, 2021, and September 10th, 2022. During the first phase, all staff and visitors were required to wear masks in both clinical and non-clinical areas. By phase two, the, the mandate was removed. What did they find? No statistically significant change in infection rates, they did not observe a delayed effect, even a delayed effect of getting affected, infected from the people that wore them. They had a control group because they had certain wards like the cancer ward and other critically ill areas where they actually still mandated them, and that's what they compared it off of. No difference. Which, again, you guys know this. You guys knew this almost three years ago. Um, but policies don't change. But more importantly, there's a second data point on this. There's a new German study published in Frontiers in Public Health. And we've had several of these, but this is, I think, the broadest. Mass interfered with oxygen uptake and, and CO2 release. So you want to bring in oxygen and release CO2. It's funny, they say carbon dioxide is a pollutant, but somehow it's okay to mask it and basically cover your tailpipe, your breathing hole. Compromised respiratory compensation, and what they noticed was that they feel that a number of these long COVID symptoms, not to say that, you know, long COVID is a complete fabrication, because I think it is real, because again, it's the gain of function um, spike protein stubbornly sticks to your monocytes and, you know, it creates rolling inflammation. There's no question it does that. But a number of the symptoms they believe are long mask. Not long COVID, but long mask. We always knew it didn't take a genius that if you take these healthcare workers, but really these were children for a long time in schools, people at work, you sit and wear a mask 8, 10 hours every day indefinitely. What do you think that's going to do to someone? So they found statistically significant increases 
in carbon dioxide, decreases in oxygen, increase in blood CO2 levels, increase in heart rate, increase in systolic blood pressure, increase in skin temperature and humidity, and they basically found more people had headache, acne, skin irritation, itching, heat, voice disorder, and dizziness. Nearly 40% of main long COVID-19 symptoms overlap with mask-related complaints and symptoms described in a number of studies like fatigue, dyspnea, confusion, anxiety, depression, tachycardia, dizziness, headache, which we also detected in the qualitative and quantitative analysis of face mask effects in our systemic review. And they found that it's possible a lot of these long COVID symptoms are really from the mask. So there you have it. But the policies still don't change. Congress hasn't even voted to end the mask mandate on the airplanes. I know you have a court injunction, but they're appealing it. The Senate did vote for it last time, but you know Pelosi controlled the Congress. Now they have the House. Why not pass it? Oh, I forgot they've been out half the time the first hundred days. Pathetic. Where is the bill that you can never do this again? And I want to make it very clear. When government monopolizes the public square, well, mandates, but then also monopolizes the public square to put out misinformation, censor all other information, say this is the greatest thing in the world, this is going to do this, this is going to do that, and really it doesn't work and it causes harm. So let's say at some point, like, yeah, you don't need to do this anymore. But the implication is that, okay, maybe the rates aren't that bad anymore, but that it still works and and is needed. So that's why in healthcare settings, it's still happening. That's why this is a classic teachable moment. And I want you guys to listen to this very carefully. Everyone's like, you can't tell the private sector what to do. But folks, if I tilt the free market allow the government to illegally mandate on your body, violate life, liberty, property, everything, every clause of the Constitution to create and imbue something into culture. And then at some point, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not either going to make you wear it, but I'm not going to bar those from making you wear it. Well, in a vacuum, that is a free market approach if you would turn the clock back three, four years. But now... You are leaving in place the government's fascism. That's not free market. That's not liberty. It's fascism. You have to come with equal and opposing force. Just like Moses was disappointed that the people did not fight those worshiping the golden calf with equal and opposing force. They might not have been happy with it. They might have joined, not, not have joined in with it. They didn't fight it. Well, what do you get? Who wins out? You have malignant cells and benign cells. Well, what's going to win out? If you don't have equal and opposing force on the other side, you're not going to even reach an equilibrium, much less defeat the forces of evil. It's that simple. So here we are. We still have not rectified this. There needs to be criminal penalties for anyone mandating a mask anywhere. But we still have nothing. So there we have it. Then we have 
So I already told you about the Switzerland stuff. Um, couple couple interesting things. Just wanted to go through. Ed Dowd he came out with his uh, analysis that in 2022 alone, COVID shots caused 300,000 excess deaths in the United States. That is, which again would work out very much towards five to six hundred thousand total since the beginning. Injured 26.6 million, disabled 1.36 million, and caused 147 billion in economic losses. You know, due to people being out and the destruction of the labor market. He worked out that for every dollar Pfizer and Moderna made off U.S. taxpayers subsidizing their poison, they it cost the economy $13, 13 per wand, obviously not to mention the lives, which are more important. So again, I don't want to hear, I'm pro-life, you focus solely on abortion, and then, and then you're horrible on this issue. That's why I would take RFK any day over Trump, for sure, and you know certainly Nikki Haley and Mike Pence and all those other guys. Since the rollout of the vaccines, we've seen an unparalleled 14% increase in the number of reported disabled people of workforce age. So I mean, 16 to 65. So I have it in a column today. You could see the graph from the Federal Reserve charts. I show it. It's from ultimately the data is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, It's unparalleled. It's like a straight line up. 14% 14% increase in, you know, over a two-year period. And 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 that mainly started after the vaccines. So again, we have a control group, and this is the thing about COVID. There was, co- we had an entire calendar year of COVID pre-vaccine, and then we had COVID post-vaccine. So all the trends that they like to blame on COVID, it should have been as pronounced in 2020 as in 2021. What is really shocking is that the number of women employed with a disability. So there's you're not employed, you're you're you're, you're totally disabled, but then there's you have a disability but you're still working through it. You're obviously going to be out sick a lot more, but you're officially still employed. It's another measure. It, it, you won't believe it unless you see it. It's from from the Federal Reserve charts. It's up one third. I didn't. I didn't. I eyeballed it, but it's like thirty three percent in two years. The number of women working with a disability jumped by a third. And the reason why this is significant, some of you who are on the ball with this already are thinking this. We've seen from every survey, started with the Israeli Health Ministry survey, case studies, macroepidemiological studies. Theirs, and then most importantly, Pfizer's famous confidential February 28th, 2021 document that women seem to suffer a lot more injury, particularly neurological. So while men are more at risk for dying from a, you know, a heart attack or something like that from the COVID shots, but women certainly, if you're talking about kind of long-term rolling neurological symptoms, you might even be able to work on and off. It's not totally de- debilitating, but it you know destroys your life, changes your life. It really does affect women more. So it's very fascinating that we're seeing it in the labor statistics, jiving with all of that data. Then there's a new report out by the National Center for Health Statistics under NIH. Maternal deaths, meaning women dying in pregnancy, 
Remember, this is a trend that has gone down, 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 down with the advent of medicine. It was the highest in 2021 since, I think, 1965. Makes no sense. It's just like reversing infant mortality trends that we saw in Scotland and elsewhere. Iceland, there was a 40% increase in deaths of expectant moms in 2021. Again, that was the year of the vaccines. And and by the way, it's 40% increase in absolute numbers. It's really worse than that because the pregnancies are going down just because, you know, since 1965, the birth rate has plummeted, meaning obviously there's fewer people getting pregnant. There's, there's uh, you know, much fewer women getting getting pregnant because they just don't have kids. So to have a 40% increase in in pregnancy mortality is insane. Remember, so far, there's nearly 5,000 miscarriages reported to theirs, and that number has got to be underreported by 40, factor of 40 or so, because that one is very hard to trace back because it's so indirect. And remember, when we had Dr. Kimberly Biss, a OBGYN, she's a hospital chief of staff in Florida, one of the Florida hospitals, um, Central Florida, and, you know, she talked about how some months the miscarriage rate among her patients is as high as 15 to 20%, whereas before it was more like 5%. But she's seeing much more very heavy postpartum hemorrhaging, hypertension, low amniotic fluid. So that would make sense that the mother, you know, not only are we seeing more miscarriages and more um, fetal harm, but that the mother would be more endangered. But again, there's no effort, no effort from Trump, the Republican leadership, anyone, to do a darn thing about any of this. Nothing seems to matter. Nothing matters whatsoever. We have um, another thing here I just want to point out, uh, published in Elsevier, Healthy, athletic 14-year-old girl suffers sudden cardiac death post-mRNA vaccination. In conjunction with systemic post-vaccination myopericarditis, pneumonia, hepatitis, nephritis, gastroenteritis, cystitis, and myocystitis. Myocytitis, I'm sorry. So, we have, again, we have tons of these case studies where it affects every single organ system. But folks, they're not done. They're not done. It would be bad enough that we don't hold a tribunal and don't have all the laws in place. You know, my constitutional amendment that I tried to push in a number of states, permanently banning masks and and, and vaccine mandates. Not even distribution of them, but at least mandates. Constitutional amendment. Couldn't even get, get it past committee in a single state. That's how pathetic this fake movement is. But this is this is going on. This is going to continue. Peter McCullough wrote this in his Substack last week. Zhang and colleagues, it's a Chinese study, have demonstrated a shortened mRNA code of 675 base pairs could be loaded into phospholipid packets called exosomes derived from milk and then use, using that same milk be fed to mice. Basically, they successfully fed mice milk with mRNA 
and indeed they found the antibodies in the bloodstream of those fed mice. So, um, Tom Renz, we had him on the show last week talking about this Missouri bill that I've been pushing for quite some time, HB 1169, that requires all products, whether it's food or even other products, to label genetic gene therapy on it if it contains it. Remember, if there's a study out from China, how do we know it's not ubiquitous already that the Chinese are not putting mRNA in milk or other food? And Tom Renz reminds us that Congress removed country of origin labeling requirements from food. So if we don't have disclosure laws and sellers, we don't know what's in the food. We don't know. So again, Missouri HB 1169, if you're in Missouri, all hands on deck. We had a similar bill in Idaho, couldn't get a hearing on it, of course, because the Senate Health Committee chair is, is a piece of garbage. So don't doubt that the, our government wouldn't do that to us. The lesson from COVID is, and it's not just COVID, it's like what we talked about with the persecutions. There's nothing our government won't do to us and there's nothing the half of the country that is psychologically permanently damaged and groomed to go along with whatever the spirit of age is. There's nothing they won't do to us in turn if the government signals it's time to do it to us. Moderna. Moderna is back again. They're confident that their jabs for cancer, cardiovascular, and autoimmune diseases and other conditions We'll be ready by 2030. 15 years worth of progress, unspooled in 12 to 18 months, thanks to the success of the COVID jab, says Moderna. So it's not even like, yeah, this was a real bust, like, okay, everyone's done with it. I mean, people, generally, people aren't getting more COVID shots, but that's not the point. They are still getting money from the government. They are still being helped with regulatory capture, they're still being helped by being absolved of liability. They are helped with so many authorities. And guess what? Cancer, cardiovascular, and autoimmune. Have you killed and have you inherited the three probably worst things that we're going to see in terms of long-term damage from COVID? Heart, cancer, and autoimmune. They know what's coming, and they'll have the solution right there for you. You know, I, I, for 20 years in the shadows of 9-11, you know, I kind of listened back and forth to people saying our government caused 9-11. I didn't want to believe it at the time. I'm thinking, again, I don't know what did it didn't happen, but I'm just, I bring that up just to show that I'm not saying this happened, but let's say our government organized, you know, Islamic terrorists and had them fly the planes in the building, but, you know, simultaneously blew them up from the bottom or whatever, and, and orchestrated the whole thing um, just like they did COVID. In your, let, let, let's just say they did that. It doesn't even reach the pinky toe of what we know they did with COVID and continue to do. Switzerland took it off the market. I mean, take it off the market, but they recommend against it. Um, our government is still pushing another booster on pregnant women and infants. Nothing matters. 
Oh, and by the way, as we talk about genocide, the interesting, there's a study out, Peter McCullough is talking about this, on using zinc twice a day with COVID, 25 milligrams twice a day, so total of 50. That's the dose that we were you know, using when we were talking about this and helping people out. Um, I think that was FLCC dose. 42% reduction in ICU and death. 42% reduction. That zinc alone without an ionophore, like hydroxychloroquine, talking about ivermectin and many other anti-inflammatories, the nasal irrigation, almost nobody had to die from COVID. Then again, it didn't have to be created, but they did. So if they created it, they obviously wanted people to die from it. This is not funny. Do we have a movement in place to deal with this? To even diagnose this? Or is it all the political chatter? Trump, Trump, Trump. Kevin McCarthy. I mean, pathetic. What have they done in the first 100 days? They've been out 50% of the time. But, um, yeah. You know, this is where we are. And by the way, I'm just going to tell you one thing that is clear. One thing. We need to fully, fully dismantle. The same way we need to dismantle the biomedical security state and biomedical surveillance state, we need to dismantle the post-9-11 security and surveillance state. Whoever runs for president would be a hero if they run on taking away the TSA tyranny in airports that have just made it terrible. They're now they're photographing people in addition to going naked through the thing, that stupid machine, and they're storing those photographs. Literally, th th this is what China was doing for years. So that's why I don't want to hear, oh, ESG, uh, China. China's the new, like, you know, Iraq, Iran type of thing. China's not even the problem anymore. We're always chasing our tail. That was yesterday's issue. Our own government is the problem. And to the extent we have external enemies, it's because our government facilitates it and helps it out and weakens our ability to defend against it. It's that simple. Think about it. We had an entire generation of conservative policy built upon a lie. Built upon a lie. And again, I'm not talking even talking about the mechanics of what didn't didn't happen on 9-11 who caused it, even if it's just prima facie what you see it to be. The narrative was a lie. We let in Islamic terrorists, we let in Muslim immigration, we let in we allowed the Muslim Brotherhood to operate and do all this stuff on our shores. And then we imposed tyranny and surveillance on the American people and sent our soldiers into meat grinders for what? And that's what we defended. A lost 15 years of conservatism. Maybe not for the right reasons, but when in fact the left was more correct than incorrect on those issues. Now, they have their own idolatry because then when their president's in charge, then they'll do the same thing with Ukraine. So it's not like they're consistent, you know, being against war and surveillance, right? They, you know, they have their own idolatry. It's only because it was Bush. If you had a Democrat president, they would have done the same thing. But the point is, this is what we did. Are we going are, are to do the same thing with COVID? 
I propose that while we get rid of the COVID biomedical fascist surveillance state, it's time to simultaneously get rid of the 9-11 one. The two very much dovetail. We talked about this PAPA, this Pandemic Preparedness Act that will expire. So BARDA goes away, that agency. There's this assistant secretary of HHS for pandemic preparedness. It will go away. They will lose their authority simply if Congress does nothing. So I have, again, a column out last week, a dozen demands we should make to reauthorize that bill. And we could deal with some of the PREP Act stuff. But again, a lot of this stuff was passed between 2004 and 2006 under the Bush administration with Republican support. It's just kind of interesting, just like with COVID. If government were trying to purposely destroy us to seize more authority, what more would they have done? I don't know. It's interesting. I know a lot of people have opinions on it. But, but to me, whatever did or didn't happen, we're definitely, we definitely weren't told the full story. That's for sure. There's definitely more than what we saw. Um, but all I'll tell you is RFK was ahead of his time. The problem is that even the guys on the right that recognize some of this, they're, they're, they're just using today's issue with the same tenor, the same mentality as yesterday's issues. So it's not taxes and guns and whatever, and then it was 9-11 and the you know, Islamic terror, the war on terror. So now it's ESG, it's wokeness. That's not even the problem anymore. It's our own government. Our own government. If they could have done this to us with the mask and the vaccine and the virus, and they're still doing it despite everything we know, what more, what else are they doing? Oh, Daniel, they cannot get away with it if they did it. That was always the thing. How did they get away with it? Um, I think we're now seeing out in the open, it's not much of a conspiracy anymore, that this stuff kills people, and they do it out in the open. And the reason they do is because when you have one side that has a military, political military, and they're doing everything they can to destroy, then you have the other side that's on the field acting as if it's confronting it so that strategically boxes out any legitimate opposition from arising. That's the te- textbook definition of a controlled opposition. But then, in fact, what they do is just kind of dance around half facilitated, half fake, a third fake fight it, and a third just make noise, distract, deflect, satiate baby boomer Fox News watchers and their audience with just sheer stupidity every day. There's no sense of direction. But we have it. Whether it's the Republican presidential candidates whether it's the congressional leaders, whether it's the governors, whether it's candidates, they all need to be running on dismantling the biomedical security state, the 9-11 surveillance state, everything that makes our government like China. And we're going to continue to put out specific guidance on all of this because we're coming down that mountain 
We're burning their calf. We're grounding it to dust. And you know what? We'll make them drink their own, own thing. We'll get our revenge one day if we try to at least be on God's side, not have him be on our side, but us to be on, on his side. Think intrepid thoughts. Act intrepidly. But for that, we need to rebuild a movement, and that's something I want to start building up on. What are some practical ways we can do that in the coming days? You can email me, uh, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Again, I will have a little bit of a shorter week. I'm sorry for these two weeks uh, being a little bit out of things, but we'll be back again tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless you all, and thank you for listening.